This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We hear a lot of pitches on this show. I mean, no surprise there. It's the name of the podcast. But the entrepreneurs who come on this show, they're pitching more than just a business idea. They're pitching their dream. Because when you run a small business, you're putting your whole self into it. State Farm gets that. And they work with small business owners across the country to help create personalized plans that are built for their small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. From Gimlet, I'm Josh Muccio. You're listening to The Pitch, a show where real entrepreneurs pitch to real investors for real money. This week, I wanted to do like Uber for waste management. Ooh, smelly? Yeah, it was very smelly. So we're going to be paying well above union rates. Okay, when you're investing your own money, do the right thing. When you're well, investing my money, pay the minimum you can pay. Today, we meet a founder who's on a mission to clean up the planet by changing how we dispose of organic waste. We're talking about our restaurant leftovers, moldy breads, and banana peels. But what happens when someone tries to reinvent an industry that's almost as old as trash itself? We'll find out in a moment. First, let's meet our panel of investors. I'm Phil Nadell with Barbara Corcoran Venture Partners. Phil's investment firm is one of the largest syndicates on AngelList. If for some reason the members don't bite, then the thing falls apart. Phil is a straight shooter looking for companies without a lot of question marks. This is Jillian Manis. My fund is Structure Capital. Jillian is something of a legend in the world of venture capital. In her early 20s, she survived domestic abuse that left her living in shelters in New York City. She was able to pick herself up, start several companies, and is now a multimillionaire. You can have the most incredible product, but if you don't know how to talk about it, you're going to have a problem accelerating it. Jillian tends to take center stage and really drive the conversation. My name's Jake Chapman with Gelt Venture Capital. Jake's investment firm has over a billion dollars in assets under management. They're going to shut you down on that name. It's definitely trademark infringement. As a former attorney, Jake brings a lawyerly mindset into a pitch. If a founder can hold up under cross-examination, he might just invest. Hey, I'm Howie Diamond. That's Howie, who founded the VC firm Ranch Ventures. There needs to be a moral and ethical kind of code that's that's aligned. Howie is looking for altruistic companies. He'll only go in on a startup that's making the world a better place. I'm Sheil, a partner at 500 Startups. Joining us this week is Sheil Manat. He broke into the big leagues of venture capital when he sold his company, Fee Fighters, to Groupon. This isn't going to work. You should do something else. Seriously. You can always count on Sheil to say exactly what he's thinking. And he appreciates the same candor in an entrepreneur. Okay, here we go. Howie, like, what is this hair about? Status symbol? That's my identity. Our investors are waiting on today's entrepreneur, Amanda Weeks. And they've been waiting for a while. 30 minutes, to be exact. Where are these gals? When you're asking people for money, it's probably best to be on time. There are repercussions. Yeah, you got to pay the price. You got to pay the price. Finally, the door swings open. Hi. Hi. Thanks for waiting for me. I'm from New York, and I'm accustomed to everything happening in like a third of the time of getting around here. Um, 
So thank you. In a manner familiar to anyone who's ever been late to something they shouldn't have been, myself included, Amanda tries her best to pull herself together. And then she dives into her pitch. Uh, So my name's Amanda. Um, I'm the co-founder of Industrial Organic. Um, What do you think is the single largest component of landfills? Do you think it's plastic? Do you think it's paper? Um, Because it's actually food. Food. Mm. Food is the single largest component of landfills. It's about 21%. Um, Cities don't have the infrastructure, don't have the ability to handle an increase in organic waste diversion, organic waste. So Amanda explains the problem with food waste is that after it finds its way to the landfill, it just sits there, slowly rotting away. And as it decomposes, it puts off a steady flow of methane. Methane's a greenhouse gas and a major contributor to global warming. So Industrial Organic has adapted commercial food processing technology to handle food waste in an indoor industrial setting without methane emissions and um, much lower odor than um, other methods. We're raising a million seed round right now. Um, I have about half of that in the bank. Amanda says that she just started raising money for Industrial Organic a few months ago, and she's already secured about 600K of her target million dollars including a large check from a pretty well-known investor. Who was on Brooklyn Bridge Ventures, if you know him. Charlie. Charlie, Charlie, yeah. 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 How much did he put in? Um, He put in 350. The mention of Charlie O'Donnell gets everyone's attention. Though few investors will admit it, they definitely take a closer look at a startup if a well-respected investor has already gone in. I can feel Amanda starting to crawl her way out of the hole she dug when she showed up late. So, What's your background? So Amanda has yeah. a great background. I know. I, <laughs> I, I've heard about uh, industrial organic before. She is a very interesting. Go ahead. Um, well, I don't know if that's that interesting, but um, we'll be the judge of that. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll tell you if it's interesting. We'll tell you if you're interesting or not. So I grew up in Staten Island, near the biggest landfill in the world that could be seen from space. Ooh, smelly. Yeah, it was very smelly. It was a huge part of my childhood, like going to ballet class or like going to friends' birthday parties and like, hold your nose, everybody, we're going past the landfill. But I thought it was totally normal and like everyone did that. And then Eventually, uh, Amanda moved on from life near the landfill. She started her career in Marvel Comics in the business operations side. After that, she spent some time in advertising and pharmaceuticals. And around the same time, people started becoming more interested in where their food was coming from and thinking, you know, what's something that everyone's always going to need, food then was attracted to the waste aspect of that. Um, And that's when inspiration struck. She could apply her background in business to the smelly problem she first encountered in her backyard as a child, trash. Initially wanted to start a collection service. Uh, I wanted to do like Uber for waste management. And then just started networking in the space and researching and talking to people and realized that the, the bottleneck is really in processing capacity. Processing capacity. In other words, what happens to our trash after we throw it away? A lot of it goes right to the landfill. And it's been this way for nearly a century. But Amanda thought, great, an industry that hasn't changed in generations. I'll disrupt that. So uh, I just started experimenting and researching and and reading about um, different methods that were out there and uh, stumbled upon a obscure method of fermentation that's popular in 
with homesteaders, like in permaculture, you just put food waste in a bucket and like sprinkle some stuff on it and let it sit for two weeks and then you bury it in the ground. And I thought, what if you could scale that up and mechanize it and run it kind of like a brewery? So I went around New York City and visited every brewery and winery and distillery. And yeah, it must have been fun. If you could turn yeah. this stuff into beer, then yeah, you've got yeah, a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that too. Before investors turn industrial organic into a moonshine operation, Jake gets us back on track. What is your process? Um, so the food waste comes in, it gets sorted. Um, so any sort of plastic bottles or anything else that got in gets pulled out. Um, it's shredded to about a particle size of about an inch um, and then sterilized with a UV light. Um, and then it gets um, inoculated and put in a holding tank for 24 hours. In that time, um, the uh, food waste starts to release a lot of water. Um, and then we grind that down into a slurry. Amanda is getting into the weeds on a pretty dull topic, trash processing. But the wonkier she gets, the more investors are leaning in. Because when there's money on the line, the devil's in the details. Uh, the material is mechanically pressed using technology similar to what you'd see in like a cold juice operation. Um, then pelletized and then finally um, heat dried. In the end, we make a uh, fertilizer in a pelletized form. And this is when Amanda pulls out a clear Ziploc bag filled with tiny brown pellets. Cool. Um, that's she brought us fertilizer. Old, that's six months old, by the way. Wow. Um, Beautiful. So it looks like cereal. Give them fertilizer. <laughs> we sell the fertilizer. You sit on the shelf and be like, okay, don't eat the fertilizer, Jillian. But that's actually, I eat really, really, you know, that whole, yeah, it's, it's a bad brand. Brand, brand. Yeah, yeah. It's deep. like this. You could. Yeah, it looks like that. It so this like is the end product. Cereal. Yeah, that's the end product. It's a clear sign that Amanda is hitting her stride when Phil, the one investor who rarely talks unless he's interested, chimes in. What's the yeah. closest competitive technology? Um, anaerobic digestion. It's basically large silos of food waste in an anaerobic environment where they are harvesting the methane and using it for energy. It's really expensive, hard to scale, the yields aren't great. You, you need 30 days to collect the methane. Um, and then you know, that there's a sludge left over that also needs to be composted. So two months. Our process takes five days. I don't know if I mentioned that. Who's the first customer? Yeah. So we will be working with restaurants and food processors in New York City. Um, one of the customers that we have signed up is a, a company called Dig In. They're a pretty popular chain in New York. It's like farm-to-table fast food. Um, we're going to start out uh, collecting from their commissary and then collecting from their locations. We've also lined up um, Momofuku. They're another restaurant group in New York. Yep. Don't know if you're familiar with them. What's 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 in it for them? So, first of all, they already pay for waste collection. Yeah. Um, and so we give them a better service. Um, we offer bin swaps, meaning we take their bin, their whole bin, and we bring them a clean bin every time we collect. Sure. Which is a huge pain point for them. What's your revenue model? So our revenue model is we uh, earn money from waste processing fees. They leave the waste behind yeah. and they pay by weight. And yeah. how, what's the average load? How many tons? Um so our first facility uh, will do one ton per day when we launch in February. Yes. And then um, by September, we'll have scaled to 18 tons per day. Mm -hmm. it's about a million so Amanda's plan is to start small, 
Right now, she's raising money so Industrial Organic can process up to one ton of food waste a day, which is not a lot. But eventually, she wants to handle up to 18 tons a day. Our price will be 75. The price in the New York area right now is 115. So you have a better price. We have a better, we have a better price um, further down the chain. When Amanda says further down the chain, she means eventually, as they scale the business, prices could come down. But for right now, Industrial Organics' price will be the same as everyone else's. So the incentive here is a, is a do-good incentive. Maybe I'm not getting the total value mm-hmm. prop for mm-hmm. a customer other mm-hmm. than, you know, do well. Right? Well, They're not saving money. They're not they're saving money. Things. They're not saving money. They're getting a better service. They're getting marketing and PR opportunities for right. knowing that their waste is going to a farm that they source from. Right. Um, yeah. I just want to go back to the revenue model. Yeah. I didn't yeah. finish that yeah. off because yeah. you, you yeah. have this yeah. fertilizer as the output. I mean, I want to find out. You're how making that. money from that. Yeah. 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 Yes, we are. Um, it's pretty small percent at this point of the total revenue. So when we're All right. So Amanda's plan has a lot of moving parts. They'll pick up food waste from restaurants. They'll process it at their facility. And then they'll sell the fertilizer. I'm actually a little worried about the operations because you have to go around, especially when you're like not at scale by any means. This is Sheil. He started a food delivery service called Thistle, and he knows all too well the challenges of running a logistics-heavy business. You're going around, how much is it costing you just to pick up the stuff? So we're not going to use garbage trucks. Okay. Um, we're going to get cargo vans because okay. we're doing bin swaps. Yep. So we're just going to take the whole bin. Yep. Um, so that cuts down uh, significantly on the cost of vehicles, the cost of gas, the cost of getting around. So my, my biggest concern is like you have an operations nightmare collecting all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a way that you could partner with an existing provider and just process the stuff. And, and Momofuku yeah. could pay the yeah. existing provider something. Like, yeah. have you- So that's our long-term model. Um, we'll switch over to working with other haulers. It's like a proof of concept, basically. Yeah, it's like a beta. Amanda's trying to say, we're not up and running yet. Industrial Organic is getting ready to launch, but they're not yet open for business, which could be fine. Investors take chances on companies at this stage all the time. She just needs to have a rock-solid plan. So what's your burn? What do you think your burn is going to be? Burn meaning how much the business will be spending. Um, in the next year, I think it's about 60000 a month. I mean, we're going to be growing all through this year and hiring people and adding capacity. So it's hard to pinpoint down one number. Um so 60 is represents what? It represents drivers, a logistics person. It represents sales. It represents – what does it represent? Mm-hmm. Because 60 is very, very low. I mean, are, is this like slave labor? Are no. we shipping them in? From, I, I'm no, trying to um, figure this out. Are we, is it aliens? No, I, no. I, you know. um, That 60,000 is a number from like the average of the next year of scaling up. How many people are at the plant? Um, so over the next year, we'll be hiring, um, about 10 to 15 people. Um, so it can't be 60. Yeah. I mean, unless yeah. you're right, paying them in, you know, fertilizer pellets. Yeah. I'm no, we're not. <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot That's of a that, yeah. 
We make fertilizer pellets, you take fertilizer pellets home. They look like brown cereal. So the investors are laughing, but these figures, about 60K, 10 to 15 employees, these aren't the kind of hard and fast numbers they're hoping to hear. There is, however, one figure Amanda is sure about. We're going to be paying people well above, we're going to be paying the, the lowest wage is $20 an hour. Okay. So we're going to be paying well above um, union rates, essentially, Why? for this. Right. How Sorry? Many? Why? Um, because we want to be responsible. We want to treat people well. Okay, so how many people okay. are we treating well? Um, it's 10 to 15. Six. You've got 10 to 15 yeah. people at $20 right an hour. Minimum. Are these fit minimum? You can't hear it, but the investors are actually jotting down notes and crunching the numbers. And how many? And that's just the plant. So that's right. Mm-hmm. That's just a facility. Mm-hmm. We're not even talking about the office. We're not talking about this stuff. right. We're not talking about well, the, the drivers. The customer we're about the yeah, going if there were just right. ten people so and they were all making twenty bucks an hour, that in of itself is close right. to forty thousand bucks right. a month. Yeah. So there are some roles that. We are. We won't be hiring until the next raise. Um, so, like my co-founder and I are going to handle sales. Basically, ev- myself included, we're all going to get commercial driver's licenses. I don't see how it's sixty thousand a month average when you right. I'm around. a little bit concerned that your your operations cost is not realistic. Mm-hmm. What am I missing here? I think I'm missing something here. I'm pulling out basically an average of what our cost is, our monthly cost is going to be next year, it's going to go up. Mm-hmm. So obviously by the end of next year, our operating costs will probably be more in um, like the 150000 range. Um, Amanda's been trying to sell investors on how lean her business is. But the thing is, these are venture capitalists. Big numbers don't scare them. In fact, they'd rather see her be aggressive. Um, so could you skip the middle stage and process a ton very inexpensively, right? You said, right. And do that for six months, parlay that into a contract with the haulers, yeah. and then go out and build a $10 million facility that can process yeah. $400,000. The yeah. operational complexity yeah, in your business, like Sheila's talking about, is all the logistics of getting trash into the business. Right. And that is something that you're planning on scrapping in six months or a year if things go well. Right. It's so like why? if you could skip that step somehow. Yeah, so why give away... It's probably what we'll do if I don't raise the whole million. Okay. So I guess the question is, why not get it to the point, or why not? Oh, because it's proof of concept. That's what you're doing. Yeah, because we're okay. we're scaling. I mean, we're okay, scaling it up over to time. Figure this out. Okay. Yeah. It's decision time. Has Amanda managed to talk investors into her plan for the future of waste processing? Shields up first. For me, I, I, I like the overall idea. I think that there's promise. I've run a food business, so I would love to be a user. I just think the operational stuff, it's always more complex than you think. And I'm saying that because I, I've been through it personally. And people that people that are going to work for you for 20 bucks an hour, driving or whatever, like there's going to be days where they don't show up. And there's all these nightmares that you'll have to deal with. So like, I'd really encourage you to offload that as much as possible. Shield passed. Next is Phil. I'm concerned about the operational complexities. I'm concerned about the fact that you're um, underestimating the amount of capital that you'll 
need. So, you know, for me, for those reasons, I'll pass. Here's Howie. He's committed to investing in social good companies, and industrial organic is exactly the kind of business he would be into. Yeah, I I think like if I was a a restaurant, I would use your service over the incumbents because, you know, the environmental impact, you're clearly passionate about what you're, you know, you've studied this, you have, you know, an an emotional kind of connection to to trying to solve this problem. I think it's a little too early for me. And for that reason, I'm going to pass. Howie's out. Here's Jake. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great idea. Um, I love the sort of social good angle, but I think honestly, your your the stage of your company is really idea stage. It's not just pre revenue, but it's really idea stage because you haven't built out any of the logistics part of the business yet. It's a whole whole realm you haven't even touched on, right? Um, it's just chalk on a chalkboard right now. We'd want to see some progress on making these things work operationally, um, and for that reason, I'm going to pass. Four of the five investors have passed on Industrial Organic. So now it's, you have Jillian left. One, one to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you're doing is so important. I also believe that you're going to make this work. The first person I would like you to hire would be a logistics person. All right. I do think that you are not realistic about your burn at all, okay? But I think you're going to get there really fast. And you're going to say, okay, there is no doubt in my mind that you're going to do this. I really think, I really feel that. I am not going to invest right now, okay? But you have my contact information already, Amanda. I I want to stay with you and I want to keep the conversation open because I do want to see you hit some of these milestones, all right? Thank you. And for future reference, I know this is a difficult city to get around, believe me. And I am late more times than I'd like. But when something's really important to me and I'm asking for money from people, I make sure I'm 10 minutes early. Mm -hmm. And if I have to make sure I'm half an hour early and sit and wait, I do because it's it's, it creates a little like it's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. I know you didn't mean to be. I'm positive. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we really, really appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, I think it's Absolutely. a I think it's a noble cause, and I encourage you to continue. You I'm are. excited, and I, I, for the sake of the world, I think it's uh, it should exist. Can we excited. keep the fertilizer pellets? Sure. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> all yours, Phil. No. All yours, Phil. Yeah. I actually. Uh, it's Jillian's lunch. What? <laughs> Thanks a lot. Amanda. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Amanda didn't get the money she was seeking, and she walks out of the room. When we come back, the investors share what was going through their minds during her pitch. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. As rewarding as it may be, small business owners have a lot riding on their shoulders. It's a lot of stress to own, run, and grow your small business, not to mention finding someone who can give you the answers and support you need. But State Farm agents aren't just there to understand your small business needs, they're there to prioritize them and help create personalized plans with your needs in mind. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. 
State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Amanda finished her pitch, and she's heading home. Back in the studio, investors are able to speak freely about what they've just heard. So she really has to dig in. When she said at the very beginning, well, we said, well, what's, you know, she said, well, it costs the same for that. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's going to cost them. And you thought to yourself, well, okay, what's right. the incentive? Where are you? That you was know, a huge uh, red flag. That was a red flag. How about but, this red flag? I'm going to pay my employees a lot more than minimum, than union minimums. Well, she's trying to do the right thing. Okay, right when you're right investing right. your own money, do the right thing. When you're well, investing my money, pay the minimum you can pay. And also, when someone comes to pitch, they should know their burn solid. Yes. That's for me. Oh, yeah. That's a big when one. When she too. had to yeah. look up and think, huh? Yeah. My yeah, burn. Yeah. I was like, the numbers need to be this back is a problem. Like, that's like, it. What's and the breakout on sixty thousand? So a few months later, I called Amanda to catch up on how things were going with Industrial Organic and hear how she felt about her experience pitching to investors. Well, the interesting thing was that we were very early. So we had just raised a pre-seed. Like that morning before I came, I was coordinating the wires. Like we no had, way. Yeah. Um, like the the whole experience was kind of weird because I was being asked all these questions that I think are more suitable for uh, a company at a later stage. And like they were asking me what our burn rate was. And, and truthfully, at that point, it was zero because we were just sort of in cockroach mode of raising our first round after going through an accelerator. So cockroach mode being like, uh, like stealth mode, like just getting started, uh, like kind of bootstrapping. What yeah, do you mean? Yeah, like bootstrapping, like just. Yeah. Amanda explained that after the pitch, she took the investors' advice to heart. She simplified her logistics by partnering with outside haulers and focusing on processing only. And she has exciting news. Soon, Industrial Organic will be opening its very first facility. You know, I, I think that the next uh, six to 12 months are going to be really fun and interesting and exciting. I feel like right now we're crawling and we're going to be walking mm-hmm. and you know then we're going to be running and I, and I think that okay. it'll be it'll it'll be great for us to execute on something that we've been talking about and planning for a long time. But so you're the, the, yeah. so you're, you're, right now you're the crawling cockroach. Yeah. The, cro- the cockroach is going to stand up and turn into <laughs> A praying mantis? Praying mantises, they stand up on their legs. And then uh, sure. where do you go from there? A butterfly. <laughs> a butterfly. <laughs> a cockroach to a butterfly. Sounds like a painful metamorphosis. Speaking of painful, I had to ask Amanda about a serious point of contention from her pitch. So one of the things that came up in the pitch, and uh, I, don't, I don't know how you feel about it. I'm going to tell you something that Phil said after you left the room. Okay. Uh, remember when you were talking about... Um, how you wanted to pay your employees well. Mm-hmm. And I think $20 an hour was mentioned, something mm-hmm. like that. And then uh, Phil, after the fact, he's he's like, okay, when you're investing your money, do the right thing. 
But when you're investing my money, pay the minimum you can pay. I'm sorry. And and what world is $20 an hour really, really well? Um, I mean, where I mean, we're we're that's a competitive rate, you know, for someone working in that industry. Um, and so I don't I don't intend to um run an ethical business uh, at the expense of profits, but I don't intend to make a profit at the expense of ethics either. Mm-hmm. And people. Yeah. Right. You know, it was just a, yeah, it was just a, um, anyone who's who's ever looked at my um, financial projections and our hiring plan has said that I'm paying anyone too much. Oh. Because we're not. <laughs> Take that, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> my guess is that saying well above union rates is what initially threw Phil off, because that made it sound like Amanda wasn't in touch with the realities of running a business. Which makes a broader point. Companies like Industrial Organic need to thread two needles. You need to have a clear social impact, but you also need to have a very clear business plan, something Amanda lacked at the time of her pitch. But she may have figured out by now. In fact, she just told me the next person she plans to hire is someone in operations. To hear scenes from next week's episode, stay tuned till after the credits. If you have feedback for the show, we'd love to hear it. Send us an email at thepitch at gimletmedia.com with your thoughts. And to all of you who've reviewed the show in Apple Podcasts, thank you. If you haven't yet, take a hot second and leave us a review. It makes a huge difference. And a public service announcement, We are on the hunt for early stage startups for our next season to be recorded this August. So if you or someone you know is building something unique, go to thepitch.show slash apply and fill out the form. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you want to find out more, our website is thepitch.show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Pitch Show. And we've got a brand spanking new newsletter where we put behind the scenes content from the entrepreneurs and investors on our show. You can subscribe to that at gimletmedia.com slash newsletter. Our show was produced by me, Josh Muccio, Asta Chaturvedi, and Rob Zipko. We were edited by Devin Taylor, Annie Rose Strasser, and Alex Bloomberg. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder, with original music composed by The Muse Maker, Bobby Lord, and Tyler Strickland. We were mixed by Enoch Kim, with help from Matthew Bull. Thanks to Lisa Muccio for planning the season two recording event last fall. And a quick disclaimer, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. And finally, I wanna say a quick thank you to the original sponsor of season two, the It's Worth Doing Right family, for taking a leap of faith on us when we were just a little independent podcast. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. I'm Josh Muccio. See you next week. Next week on The Pitch, we hear from an entrepreneur who's trying to change what we see and experience at 40,000 feet. I'm in the business of making sure that passengers love the virtual reality experience. Do you have patents on this? We don't have patents. We have, uh, so we have where- That's a problem. You know that, right? New episodes of The Pitch come out on Wednesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a thing. 
This episode of The Pitch was brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you can tell every business owner has a unique set of problems to solve. That's why small business owners want someone to not only understand, but prioritize their needs. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know how to help you choose personalized plans to fit your needs and budget. They get it, plain and simple. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.